Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 110. We're looking at John chapter 6, verses 60 through 71. This has been the episode following the feeding of the 5,000 on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus left the crowd there, went to Capernaum on the other side of the lake. Many of them followed him, and they've been desiring for him to do another miracle, for him to even top the the miracles that their ancestors had seen in the wilderness following Moses with the manna from heaven. But Jesus took a hard turn and started telling them that his flesh was what would provide spiritual life, what would provide eternal life. And they said, well, how can we eat your flesh? He said, well, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And this has created quite a a crisis of belief amongst them. So let's pick it up in John chapter 6, read verses 60 through 71. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and the one who would betray him. He said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. So Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus replied to them, Didn't I choose you, the twelve, yet one of you is a devil? He was referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray him. Well, this finishes up chapter 6, and Jesus has been... uh, giving him these hard sayings about uh, he is the bread of life. At that, the Jews complained. Then he said, you had to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then the Jews begin to argue. Now it's gotten worse. And in verse 60, it says, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? So it's been the Jews up to this point, the opponents, but now it's people who were counted amongst the disciples of Jesus. They are having difficulty with this. So obviously the disciples being more than just the 12 apostles, because we see later they do stick around. But the uh, the words used here are interesting. It says many of his disciples heard this. They said this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? The word heard and accept are the same words in the original language. And so the concept there is hear with an understanding, hear with an ability to accept. So it's the same word both ways, but obviously in the usage that it works in English there, they, they heard it, but they can't accept it. And so Jesus knows what people think and knows what people are doing. He knows that his his own disciples are complaining about this. And so rather than soften it, he just challenges them. Does this offend you? And obviously the answer is, yes, it does. Yes, it does. The idea of eating your flesh and drinking your blood, we find repulsive. 
we we can't accept that that's too hard and and the word offend gets translated here the greek verb here is scandalizo from which we get the word scandalize so this is does this scandalize you and and they don't answer but obviously the answer is yes it does and again rather than soften it what does he do he says then what if you were to preserve the son of man ascending to where he was before now we read this and we think well that'd be a good thing but the way he's speaking here what he's saying is if this offends you my language here offends you then you ain't seen nothing yet wait till you see what's coming and so when he says ascending you know we have a thing we call the ascension and that is when jesus left the earth and rose to heaven we call that the ascension and jesus uses that word to apply to that later after the resurrection but I think what here he means is the whole process by which he is going to go back to heaven, he's going to go back to where he came from, is going to entail his arrest, torture, crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, then what we call the ascension. All of that I think he's referring to as a package deal. That's what it's going to take for him to ascend to where he was before. So if you think me telling you, you got to eat my flesh and drink your blood. Where do you see the crucifixion? Where do you see me here, the one you wanted to make king? Where do you see me, the one you've been following and placing your some of your faith in, but obviously not enough to believe? Where do you see him hanging on a cross and dying, people spitting on him? That will be hard to accept. If you can't accept this, you're not going to accept that. Then verse 63, he says, The spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. He obviously is not referring to human spirits here, my spirit versus my flesh. He's referring to flesh being just the earthly component. Spirit is obviously the Holy Spirit. That is the one who gives life. My spirit doesn't give life, but the Holy Spirit does. So the spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. And the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So he uses spirit and life twice here. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives eternal life, and that it comes from the words he's speaking here. But then he challenges them in verse 64. He says, but there's some among you here who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe, and the one who would betray him. So we've seen this before, where Jesus knows about belief. Earlier, it says many believed, but he didn't believe their believing. And so that's always been the thing. Believe is not just believe a series of facts. For John, it, believe means to believe to the point of committing, believe to the point of obedience. There are some among you who don't believe, he said, because he knew. Then he said in 65, that's why I told you no one can come to me unless it's granted to him by the Father. So the implication here is that many of you people who have been carrying the label of disciple, have not been granted from the Father to come to me. And come to me and believe are used in, in a parallel fashion here. So he's using them basically being the same thing. To come to me is the same thing as to believe in me. Apparently, not all of you have. And, and that's a, a lesson for those of us. Just because somebody does the right things, says the right things, acts the right way, is uh, even a, a contributing member of 
a church and ministries doesn't mean they're really a believer. We don't know these things, and we can't know these things, and, and that's okay. We're not called to judge each other's salvation. But we are called to keep calling one another to a deeper level of commitment, a deeper level of faith. And so many of these people who, they, they carried the label disciple, they really weren't believers. In verse 66, this is a big statement here. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. So they were following Jesus, but not anymore. They've stopped following Jesus because they couldn't accept what he was saying. So Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Holy One of God, that's a, a, an unusual It's only used one other place in the New Testament to describe Jesus, but it's a a good description, the Holy One of God. But the the phrase here, we have come to believe and know. So believe's a a key aspect here. Uh, Both these verbs are in the perfect tense, meaning it's a, a past event which is completed but has continuous effect. So he's essentially saying, we've come to a place of faith and continue there, and we have entered into knowledge and retain it. So we have done these things, but it's a continuing effect. We have come to believe. We have come to know that you're the Holy One of God. And you would think Jesus would pat him on the head and say, well done, good and faithful servant, but he doesn't. He, he then kind of challenges this. In, in verse 70, he says, didn't I choose you, the 12? Yet one of you is a devil. He was referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray him. So Jesus knows the truth, even more so than the people who are believing. The people who were considered disciples, many of them, most of them, almost all of them, turned away. Turns out they really weren't disciples. Jesus knew they were not true believers. And when Peter speaks for the twelve and says, we believe, we know, Jesus basically says, well, not all of you. Eleven of you do, but one of you does not. So what's our big takeaway here? One is, sometimes it's hard to follow Jesus. And even when it's hard, we still need to stick to it. I'm struck by just the, uh, the thought of Abraham when he was called to sacrifice his son Isaac. That was something that it didn't fit. It, it didn't work. It was incredibly hard to do. Yet Abraham was prepared to go ahead and do it because he believed God. And if God's telling me to do this, then I do it. Similarly, Peter didn't say, we understand what you're saying, Jesus. We get it. We know the the whole thing with the eat my flesh and drink my blood. You're, you're speaking of spiritual life and spiritual things and eating and drinking is uh, metaphorical for uh, accepting and, and uh, receiving you. We, we get that. We get that. Now what Peter says, I, I'm sure he's standing there dumbfounded. He says, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But we believe you are the Holy One of God. Therefore, it's not a matter, do we get it? It's a matter, do we follow you? And so that's the challenge for us. Do we follow God and believe God even when things 
don't necessarily make sense? Or do we try and fit the Bible, fit what God is doing into our little structure of what makes sense to us? Well, we say to Jesus, we believe you are the Holy One of God. And so we will follow you wherever you take us, not based on do we like the path, not based on do we understand your plan, but because we believe you and follow you. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we work our way into chapter 7 of the Gospel of John.